Welcome to episode 33 of the Alan Badger podcast. My name is Tim and I'm joined by my very good friend Helen. And we are two Christians who are seeking to understand the world around us through a biblical worldview. We want to encourage our listeners to apply critical thinking to current events and pursue truth as we seek to live for Christ. Hi, Helen. How are you on this very sunny day? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. I'm just a bit concerned. I've got roofing chaps doing some work on our roof and I just hope they're not going to be noisy. Have you actually got, have you, you've got a roof on your house, have you? You've yeah, got some roof. kind of roof. Because yeah, it is very sunny at the moment, isn't it? Is so you could, you, you could get away with less of a roof, I suppose. Yeah, it would be fine without a roof, but it is on, yes. It is on. That's good. That is good. Nearly finished. Nearly finished. And it's and it's a Friday today, uh, and we're coming into a bank holiday weekend. As ever, have you got, have you got any exciting plans this weekend? Um, no, not really. Chilling out in the garden. You see, that's the thing. The older I get, the more excited i get about having no plans for the weekend yeah, it's perfect isn't it it is it is maybe yeah. that's a bit sad but um yeah I, i'm sure some of our listeners can maybe relate to that and others are thinking what earth are you doing you should be like planning some amazing adventures etc <laughs> um but anyway yeah i'm sure i'm sure we'll do something something fun anyway let's uh let's get right into it shall we because we got we got quite a bit to cover in this podcast and we'll try and do it in a reasonable amount of time because that's all we've got and probably that's uh, fair enough for people to be expected to listen to us for a reasonable amount of time. Um, we wanted to just, yeah, we're going to talk about somebody who's been in the news this week, uh, but just as an intro to this person, I believe it was around a month ago, a female teacher was was forced to apologise for saying, good afternoon, girls at an all-girls independent private school. Did you did you hear about that at all, Helen? If you, does this ring any bells with you? Yes, I did hear about it. And I heard Anne Widdicombe talking about it, and she was not amused. Yeah, it's a... Uh, it, it's a strange one, isn't it? I, I think I think we're getting it feels like we're getting to the point where things like this are becoming quite commonplace. Um did you get that impression? Yeah. Well, yes, because it's got to a point where nothing surprises you. I mean, if you if 10 years ago, someone had said someone would get in trouble for saying that. Good afternoon, girls, to a bunch of girls in a girls school. You'd have said, don't be ridiculous. But now, you know, just, yeah, that's no surprise. It's no surprise, is it? Crazy world. It is is a very, very, very... um... Very strange, strange thing, isn't it? And and I think the, in this particular instance, the the head the head teacher of that school made the teacher in question apologise for saying "Good afternoon, girls." Um, so yeah, and and we're just reason why we're talking about this. It will become very clear in a minute. And 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 I just probably just should say that some of the things we might talk about are. Um, uh, they might be a bit sensitive, and we want to we want to be as uh, careful as we can, whilst at the same time, still as we say in the the introduction, you know, pursuing truth and and trying to hold fast to what is right, and to and to be clear and bold about things as well. So we just want to make that as clear as possible from the outset. Um, but linked to the linked to this, it was interesting that, um, and you know, this might sound a little crude, but it was the prime minister saying this. Rishi Sunak 
um, said 100% of women don't have a penis. And that's only mildly amusing because he followed, it followed after Sir Keir Starmer, who said that 99.9% of women do not have uh, penises. Again, Helen, um, you know, this might sound a bit crude. Sorry about that. Do, do, do you, does this ring any bells with you? Do you remember this kind of um yeah, I do Debacle remember. in our political class. Yeah, <laughs> I think it happened not that long after we uh, talked about the New Zealand Prime Minister uh, who just couldn't answer that question he was That's talking about. That's true, yes. Um, yeah, when he was what, asked, what is a woman, what is isn't a it? Woman? And, he was, yeah. and he kind of like spluttered into his um Yeah, so it was uh, good to hear that. Yeah. It was good to hear that our Prime Minister is clear about what a woman is. It but is. he shouldn't have to. It's a ridiculous thing. He shouldn't have to. He shouldn't have to say that. I, I know. If, if you if you were to have this as simply a a, a, a kind of a, a caption, you know, hundred percent of women don't have a, a penis. <laughs> and you think, what what kind of what kind of bizarre uh, world would or or, or 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 time in history would that come from? And it just so happens to be to be our time of history. But I think what what struck me about this is is that here we have the prime minister stating something which is obvious and true, so obvious to the fact it shouldn't need stating, and yet we have a situation where. A woman, a female teacher, gets um, gets into trouble for saying "Good afternoon, girls." So there's a there's a real disconnect here, I think, in our in our country. Would you agree, Helen? There. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and it, it's it's like, yeah, it, it's it's it, anyway. It, this will lead us on into what we're going to be talking about today, and some of you will be familiar with this. But there is a another teacher who um, is called Joshua Sutcliffe. And um, he has been banned from the profession for misgendering a pupil. And this is in a case which is believed to be the first of its kind in the, in the UK. Um, when, when did you hear about this one, Helen? Was it the same as me or did you hear about um, it a bit earlier? Yeah, it, it was. Although I think I'm right in saying that the actual incident happened quite a number of years ago, wasn't it? Mm. 2017. So, yeah, so I imagine a of different things. Yeah. that it's taken all this time because these processes, you know, they suspend the teacher and then they have an investigation. And then, uh, so the poor man has probably been living the last, what is it, six years waiting mm. for a verdict. I expect that's what's happened. Yeah, but again, it, this was one of those headlines when it when it came came up early, and it was earlier this week, I think it came came to the fore, wasn't it? Um, yeah. But he, yeah, like I was saying earlier, it's not sadly a surprise. Anyway, jo- um, uh, Joshua Sutcliffe is th- thirty three years old, I believe, and um, according to the the Telegraph, which which was which reported on it reasonably early, the um, Teaching Regulation Authority. The, or the TRA, it ruled um, that he had failed to treat a pupil with dignity and respect, and he was also have found to have failed to protect a pupil's well-being when he did not use the preferred pronouns of a girl who identified as a boy. Um, and this and one of these instances took place um, at school near Oxford. Um, and I think uh, another one happened in, in a, a college that was in Islington. 
And yeah, it, it, again, it was very similar to this female teacher because because um, uh, I believe Joshua said that he he did not use a pupil's preferred pronouns when he praised a group of um, a group of girls during a math lesson by stating, "Well done, girls." And he said that this was not intentional, and he apologised immediately. But we, I mean, when you read stuff like this, Helen, what 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 does it make you think? Well, I mean, on the surface, that example, "Well done, girls." How many times, as so, as a parent, if you have if you have uh, a girl and a boy, or a, a group, so my sister's children have, there's girls and boys, and quite mm-hmm. often, you know, you just in passing, you get it the wrong way around, or you say he instead of she, or you say one name instead of the other. So that in itself is easily done, isn't it? And, and what happens in a group if a teacher says, well done, girls, and there was actually a boy in the group, and they just they just said it, and then they're like, oh, well, there's a boy here, and then they just say, oh, yeah, sorry about that. And then it's not it's not a thing, is it? It's not it's not an insult. It's just no. a so yeah. yeah. It, 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 but it but it's it comes back, I think, to to this this situation which we all find ourselves in now, where it's it's no longer enough to um be a kind of, if you like, a conscientious objector to the current ideology, we need to be actually actively flying the flag. And if you're not actively flying the flag, if you're not an ally, in quotes, you're the enemy. Um, Because that's interestingly what the term ally means, because you're either an ally or you are an enemy. It's it's Mm. quite binary there. And, And so, yeah, we find ourselves in this crazy situation where Many teachers, and this has been quite widely reported the last few weeks, actually, feel like they are treading on eggshells, don't they? Because they don't know how to respond to this. Saying, well, saying, no, go on, say, go on. Well, well, they are. And I know in my own children's school, the children tell me that within a class, they can have, they can have some who are girls who are saying they're now a boy, um, less often a boy who's saying they're a girl. Um, it seems to be mostly the girls that are doing it. And then others who are saying, oh, well, I'm non-binary, whatever that's supposed to mean. So if you've got a whole group of, and they're all wanting different things, how are you supposed to address them? How are you supposed to remember who's who and who's identifying as what at which time? And whereas traditionally it's been fairly straightforward. Yes. Girls, yeah. boys, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and I think um, I think it's probably a good point to 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 bring in that that Joshua Sutcliffe is a Christian, and he um, has not made uh, he's not hidden his faith away, and it, it seems from what we can understand from um, obviously press like Telegraph, but but other other outlets like Christian Concern um, that he he is he. he he doesn't want to affirm a lie, which is completely understandable. So to 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 call to you know refer to um refer to a a girl who wants to be um treated as a boy, to refer to her as a boy would be would be lying. It, it it's it, it's it's that's a not negotiable thing, really, at all. 
and and this is this is this is the the crux of the problem and our society is, is tying ourselves in knots and and perhaps tra- most tragically of all we are we are letting down our young people who are in such many of them in such a state that this this is the outworking of of their personal lives and it's it's, it's a tragedy isn't it just to, to yeah. see to see this it is a tragedy um, and, and and i think from what from what i've seen of um joshua talking what came across to me is that he has a genuine concern for children yes yeah so he's not he's not doing this out of you know trying to um be unkind to children quite the opposite he believes that it's not the kind thing to do to affirm their confusion exactly exactly and and, and i and again if you if we just look at this rationally and with compassion we would come to the same conclusion and yet the language of compassion has been hijacked by those who want to push this frankly evil ideology onto young people and it's 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 having tragic results and it's 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 awful um, i mean we we live in a country where orwellian newspeak is actually now a thing if you've read 1984 you'll 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 come you'll be familiar with this term newspeak of of how it's basically an inversion of what was right and and we are now living with that reality and it's astounding um but yeah i mean the allegations um also include um it says uh, again. This is, I think, um, yeah. This is quoting from the Telegraph article says that Mr. Sutcliffe was found guilty of of misconduct for exp- expressing his views against gay marriage uh, when questioned by people, and uh, for failing to consider potential impact on his pupils, particularly those who may be from an LGBT plus community. Um, and again, it's it, it, this comes back to well. Since when? When? When did this ideology? When did that historically? When has that served people well? The idea that you can, you know, you can be be a man and then identify as a woman. It's never done that. It's never ended well. It's never been a thing. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's it's it is quite astonishing, isn't it, Helen? To to kind of see how. I think as well, what we've seen see, seen here is is to see how somebody like Joshua Sutcliffe is is I think being made an example of. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because what has happened is he's he's raised his head above the parapet, and we've seen this. We've seen this, you know, earlier this year with Aaron Edwards, different set of well, slightly different set of circumstances. He was still in a teaching environment, actually, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, but raising head above the parapet and then being made uh, in quotes an example of, but yeah, um, yeah. And, and I don't think I think this is almost certainly because of his Christian views. I mean, if yes. if he was a Muslim, would this would this? 
be the way he'd be treated. I'm not sure. Um, but just I was thinking back to when I was at school and I had at secondary school a couple of Christian teachers who ran a Christian union in the school. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what Joshua was involved in, which is where yes, his, he or he yeah. ran a Bible group or, Bible or some group, kind of yeah. group, which is where I suspect the issue of gay marriage would have come up. But when I was at school, that would be a completely normal thing to expect to be happening in a school. Mm. Um, and what? why would anyone be surprised that orthodox Christian views were then discussed in exactly. that group? Exactly. Yes. And, and, and I think as well is that, that there, there is a certain amount of, you, 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 I don't think you necessarily have a compartmentalization in school. I don't remember this. I mean, I know obviously when we were at school, it was a while ago now, but that in, in terms of it, there wasn't a situation, I don't, I never recall a situation where you talk to a teacher about something and they would say, well, I can't talk about that now. I need to talk about, uh, you know, I need to have a different setting for that. I mean, obviously, you know, if you, if I'm talking about like general questions around, um, that, that, that would be linked to, to, to what you're discussing in the class environment. I'm not talking about like, if you ask the teacher, well, what, let, let's see what, you know, let's see your new mountain bike or what computer games you play or something. Yeah, of course, that'd be a different setting. But in terms of it's not as compartmentalized as, as life isn't like that, is it? You're going no. to have conversations that cover different boundaries because that's how life works. Yeah. And also most teachers are also tutors. So most yes. subject yeah. teachers will be a tutor to a group of children who they probably see every day. And in the whole point of the tutor group is that it's a kind of pastoral role. And so all sorts of discussions can come up and all sorts of questions may be asked. And I, I don't see why it should be ever be a problem for a child to ask a teacher what they think about something. I mean, as long as they're clear, well, this is my view. Mm. Um and people hold different views, but that's just being honest to say what their view is. But but, but this is the thing, now, isn't it? Because surely we want we want teachers to be imparting, um, imparting how to be a functioning member of society to the pupils they teach. So in Joshua's instance, it's not just about teaching them maths, because he's a maths teacher, how to teach them to add up or or do equations or whatever. It's, it's about demonstrating how do you be somebody who is well-adjusted, functioning society, standing for truth, um, being just, acting with empathy, compassion, all the rest of it. And it seems that we we want our teachers to only have a certain set of morals now. In fact, I, I would argue that we want to be immoral, actually. The, on, the, on, the only values are immoral ones. And, and it's, again, it's this Newspeak thing. It's an inversion of what should be happening. It's interesting because um, there was a Times radio interview where with Joshua Sutcliffe and uh, the interviewer said this. He said, well, here's the thing, Joshua. I wonder if you might be able to recognise this. You're a maths teacher, right? 
So if you're a maths teacher, why would you be talking about your beliefs in religion at all to any pupils? That your job is to teach maths, it's not to teach morality or have a view about that. So what 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 are we asking for here? Are we asking for our children to be taught by robots? Because yeah. that that presumably is the correct is is the right solution, isn't it? If if we don't if we don't want our teachers to have a view about um, morality, then we might as well just be taught by AI. Surely, yeah, you may as well. Yeah. Well, as an example, one of my children's teachers, who's quite a young chap, he's a very nice chap, and um, they've told me he's a vegan. He quite openly talks about it. They know that he's a vegan. Um, my children have quite. Sorry, a... what does he teach? Is it home economics? Yeah, no, it's not. No, What's he it? So teaches. What does he, teach? he teaches English. Oh, okay, right. Um, and and my children have grown up in farming. They have quite strong opinions about um, eating meat being a good thing. But and and they have said that he he hasn't like. He hasn't tried to persuade people to be a vegan. Or he hasn't, you know, they're quite happy with the way he's talked about it. But they know, because he has talked about it, that he is a vegan. Mm. Well, why is that any different? Presumably, well, exactly. well, I know that the people have asked him about being a vegan. But it's it's exactly the same thing, isn't it? It's a teacher talking about something that is in their life, something they believe to be important. And I think from what I've heard, he's not crossed the line into, he's not no. bashing them with a stick all the time, telling them that eating meat is wrong and they should be a vegan. Yeah. He's, he's, he's imparting to them some of his, his own values, but also perhaps demonstrating how you can do that in such a way where it's it's more you know it is a dialogue you can impart the truth of in his case i'm a vegan but at the same time you're not forcing it on people yeah um so that i think what what we see very clearly in joshua sutcliffe's case is that this is this is a vendetta against truth it's a vendetta ultimately against uh biblical truth um and and it's yeah i think we'll we'll talk a little bit about why this is the case but but really i mean what what would we prefer would we prefer joshua sutcliffe be immoral maths teacher that imparts that is not interested in truth that is not not interested in the well-being of his pupils that doesn't care about them at all um it's 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 almost like we have a situation now where you're where you're where you're you know you're doing uh, I don't know what you call it when you're at school but we used to call it craft design technology CDT I think you just call it design technology uh, names change don't they but you know when you make things with wood and whatever it's almost a bit like well now you're a teacher in a in a, the CDT department or the design technology or whatever you call it and you, you've got your lathe and you've got your you know you've got your um, band saw and you've got your chisels and you say what you say to your kids you know what just just go mad you, I, you know just play with the lathe uh, you can put your finger on it see what happens uh, oh no your fingers come off oh well you know that was up to you to try that wasn't it you just don't do that you don't do that why because it's not safe it's not good for the child 
we've Back again trees, happy we've boundaries. got yeah, we've got we've got this this demonic inversion which is fast becoming the norm within our schools and uh yeah it's really bad really bad um i mean shall we just have a chat about how this actually looks at, at the present day because um we've we've both got boys in secondary school haven't we helen and um i've only recently become very aware of what my 12 year old faces on 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 a currently on a weekly basis um so i'll just read some of these helen you just interject as you you see fit okay so these are some of the subjects that my 12 year old is um dealing with on a weekly basis in school we've removed him from his class now I, i should say this is the PSHE, P- P- isn't P-A- it? Whatever they call yeah, it now. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yep. So, subjects about sexting, sending nude photos, media, pornography, sexual images in regard to relationship expectations. And for example, it could be um, Jasmine is 13. She has met her partner who is 15 online and they have been going out for three weeks. She sent them some pictures, but they keep hinting they'd like to see more of her body. Okay. This is this is the kind of thing now that's been taught in school on a regular basis. I mean, this is normalizing this whole thing, isn't it, Helen? It's like saying this is this is this is this is normal behavior to take a photograph of yourself, presumably either, you know, in underwear or less even, and send it to somebody you might be interested in or feel the pressure to do that. Yeah. I mean, Honestly, it's just it's um it's appalling. Um, it, so they go, it goes on. Ask the class to think about how Jasmine may be feeling and what she may be thinking. Ask them to write their ideas on post-it notes and add them to a class mind map. This is directly from the lesson plan. Um, and then it goes on to say most relationships do not feature this kind of pressure. Often there would be a, a discussion to help each other decide and communicate about whether they feel ready. Where's the moral set? This this is an example of immorality this is immorality in school being taught to 12 year olds can can i just jump in with another yeah, go example for it. there yeah. so for my child recently in again a lesson which i pulled him out of um so this would be to 14 year olds um talking about the issue of consent and again the example was given of um a girl who um, has been going out with her boyfriend for a while and they're 15 and they've decided that they're ready for sex. Mm -hmm. And at no point, so this was about the issue of consent. Yeah, There was nothing about what is legal for a start. Yes. You know, for a start, that is not legal, but no discussion about that. Yeah. And, and it, 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 this is this is about planting seeds in young minds. First of all, to get a subject that shouldn't be on their minds into their minds. And once something's in your mind, you don't you don't disregard it. It's there. It's stuck. And then it's about normalising it, saying, "Well, everybody does this." Um, uh, and and I'm really yeah, I, I can't. I, I find it hard to not come to the conclusion that this is demonically influenced 
because yeah. it, it it is appalling. And then, and then the next step is talking about STIs, talking yeah. about contraception. Yeah. Um, so, so you, you know, almost encouraging promiscuity, and then so this is how you deal with the consequences, rather than if as a child, because you're a child, and this is not appropriate for you as a child. Mm. What about talking about abstinence? Or what about yes. not talking about it at all? Yes. Because it's not appropriate in school. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And and I think I think this whole thing of 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 abstinence, I mean, even when, you know, again, going back to when I was at school, it was not really much talked about then. But it's definitely not mentioned at all now. I mean, in in the in the uh, the forty eight page lesson outline covering all these subjects, the word faith is mentioned four times and only once in the context of no sex before marriage. And that particular instance, that's hidden away inside a scenario. So it's not something that is presented as this is what you should do. It's put in a scenario which the class might or might not discuss. So. I mean, yeah, it's it really is an eye opener, and I think, first of all, if you're listening to this and you haven't got children who are at school, um, do share this with those you know who do have children at school because they might not be aware of of what's going on. Um, but also, again, we just underline: be 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 praying for teachers that you know are Christians and who have to try and navigate this because there's increasingly it's, it's going to it seems to be becoming very binary for teachers you either stand for the truth or you capitulate that's how it seems that's the direction it seems to be going um but you know they talk about things like obviously sexual orientation gender identity sex uh where are we um stereotype homophobia transphobia trans transgender gay lesbian questioning heterosexual cisgender bisexual lgbt plus wow they try and cover all bases um and then interestingly talk, they they also mention about how some students may have strong beliefs originating from their family's cultural faith which can influence their attitudes that was interesting so immediately there there's a there's a flag it's like saying okay we have to we have to present this ideology as the truth but bear in mind teacher that there may be one or two in your class who will be brought up with a different version of the truth and we need to be undoing that at every opportunity which is what this is about. Um, they then talk about the law on homosexuality. They talk about celebrating LGBT History Month. They put together plans about celebrating lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender History Month. Um, there's an international day against homophobia, biphobia, and transphobia. Um, and ask, you know, thoughts about asking students to plan and prepare an assembly to celebrate the International Day Against Homophobia, Biphobia, and Transphobia. Wow. Um, it's, yeah, it, it is, it was mind boggling, isn't it? To, to think about, it is an ideology. This is ideological indoctrination that is taking place within schools. And in my son's school, it's taking place on a weekly basis. And it will be the same if you're listening to this, you have children, it'll be the same for you. Um, yeah, 
And it, it is the same. You and I compared our um, living in different counties and the plan for PSHE appears to be the same for both of us. So it's clearly a curriculum that is, I imagine, across the country. Yes, yeah. And and it could be that you don't have children in secondary school. It could be that you have children in, in primary school or even reception class. Um, I often have conversations with my, my wife now that if my boys were in, um, and I think we said this before on the podcast, but if my boys were in primary school, let's say, you know, lower juniors or even infants, there is, I I cannot foresee it being an option to put them in secondary school as a Christian. I think, I think it's, 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 it's now untenable. Actually, I would say it's untenable now. So um, this, but this presents a real challenge actually as Christians, because some Christian might be in a position to send their children to private school and, and, and private school, by the way, is, is no, um, no, does not insulate um, your child from uh, woke ideology because that the lady we the female teacher we mentioned right at the beginning remember who got into trouble for saying good afternoon girls she was at an independent school private school so a private school doesn't um rule out this issue and but of course it might be sending a child to an independent christian school that might be better but these things cost money and not everybody can afford to do that um, so I think there is opportunity certainly for for the church to be thinking well look how how do we what can we do is there something we can do to protect our young children to facilitate an education for our young children that means that they 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 don't have to face this evil indoctrination because that's what it is let's not be shy about calling it out for what it is it is an evil indoctrination um and yeah, we need. I think we need to work on an answer. Yeah, any thoughts on that, Helen? Yeah, I think we. I think we do. Um, I think as well that it is important, and and this links to uh, something we'll talk about a bit more a bit later on. But um, it's important to make a stand, however hard it is. I think it's important. It's important yeah. for us as parents to do that. And I know. I think in my school. Um, my sister is there as well, so certainly the two of us um, are continually watching what is it that they're covering in PSHE lessons. And if it's about things like learning how to budget, that's fine. If it's talking about pornography and consent and STIs, then that's not fine. Exactly. Um, and the more parents who do that, the better. Yes. Yes. We have to. We have to. Um, I think remember that we are the parents, and and it absolutely should be up to us whether our children are exposed to this or not. Yeah. And I know that the only way really is for them not to be in school. But like we've said before, it's a it's a bit tricky when we're already part way through. Um, but we, we, we can, we can say to the school, I want to know what is it that they're doing in these lessons? Can you please tell me, I want to see the lesson plans. And then if we're not happy about it, we remove them from the lesson. And I have done that. Yes. And, um, the schools so far have been very accommodating. 
I, 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 yeah, this is an interesting one because when we were speaking with the the teacher earlier this week, actually, about my twelve year old's PHSE lessons, which we moved him from, um, the teacher in question was very accommodating. Was very like, oh, okay, yep, yeah, that's that's absolutely, yeah, that's fine. We can we can put your son in in a different room while we do the PHSE stuff, and you can have something else to be getting on with. We think, okay, that was fairly straightforward. But th- this is this is the subtle thing, and this is what we've got to become wise to. These kind of this this whole ideology is being pushed so fervently and so intensely now that any kind of pushback when you perhaps say to the teacher, look, I want to remove my child from this, that's not resisted. That's not resisted. And the reason I think for that is that they're pushing this stuff as hard as they possibly can. And for the very few that do resist it, they'll say, okay, that's absolutely fine. Knowing full well that over the course of time, the option to pull your child out will be taken away. And the general direction of travel is increasingly towards this level of indoctrination that we're seeing. So I think what we're saying is just take the opportunity to take your your child out, but also recognize that there might come a point where we'll have to make the decision. Do we do we do we take my child out even when they're not supposed to come out? And I can only say speak for myself, but if it came to it, I wouldn't bat an eyelid removing my children from something which was I deemed harmful, even if the school said you can't. Yeah, uh, and it's very sad that it's it seems to be getting to that point. Um, well, the other thing is that I I suspect, um, you know, not every teacher is completely happy with this ideology. I can't and, imagine. That and most the case, of the yeah. teachers are having to deliver these lessons because this is often done in tutor groups. And like I said before, you know, you could be a maths teacher and you have to deliver this material to your tutor group Mm. well i am sure there are teachers in there who are very uncomfortable about that and who don't like doing it um so i think it's actually quite good for them to know that there are some parents who are bothered and who are removing their children from those lessons indeed and so and and i think this is where it kind of where we can do something positive is is you know obviously we said before and say again you know pray for teachers in your school if you have children in school or you know of teachers in your church pray for them it's a tough job it's a tough job when you haven't got this stuff to deal with but it's even harder when you have pray for them but also let them let you know let them know that you're not happy with this and that you you want to support there being an alternative for your children, but also for other people's children who won't be happy with it. Because it's a fact of life that very few will speak up about something. But when the few do speak up, they will often find there is a significant number of others who think the very same thing, but haven't have been afraid or unable, whatever the reason might be, to say something. So... I think if God gives us the boldness and the courage, we should take that and go with it. Because otherwise, it, yeah, this is how this is how we push back on it, isn't it, Helen? Yeah, yeah, it is definitely. 
I think going back to Joshua Sutcliffe, it was interesting to note that that Stonewall training was a key part of pushing this on the schools that he was a part of. And he was resisting that, which is an amazing thing. Um, but he has he has really paid the price for it, hasn't he? He's 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 stuck to his guns. He has refused to lie and he's paid the price. Um yeah, I mean what what there's quite a few bits here we should we should probably, you know, cover. I guess one of one of the things we could touch on very briefly is is that I, that whole the whole reason why why children might be questioning the gender I'm not sure even that's a thing really, but but questioning the gender in the first place. Something's deeply wrong, isn't it, if that's happening on this increasing scale that we seem to be observing. Any thoughts on that, Helen? Yeah, it, it's well. There's definitely a, a big question there because the the numbers of children is just. I, mean, I think I heard the other day something like it's something like ten percent. It's a huge number of children really? it's got that who much. are now in this category okay. where they're um, questioning their gender. Well, uh, you know, to start with, this idea has been planted in their head. It has yes. to have been because when we were growing up. I don't re- I don't recall anyone ever saying I mean there there may have been one or two but not any that I encountered where this was a thing and and what I did encounter was children saying oh well I'm going to be a goth or you know having some piercings or doing different rebellious things yeah whether it's you know it's just part of I I think it's it's part of this growing up process where you're you know you're you're learning about yourself and and you're developing you're entering puberty you're on that process towards becoming an adult and that involves all sorts of discovery and all sorts of experimentation in in I don't mean that in a bad way I just mean in terms of you know you you get involved in different things you learn about what things you like what things you don't like yeah and and as you're growing up you are starting to develop an identity of some sort aren't you which traditionally would be become something to do with what you might then go into as your career or you know all sorts of things like what kinds of clothes you like to wear what kinds of hairstyles you like to have what kind of hobbies you like to have all of that is part of developing your yourself as a potentially an adult because you will get to that point where you are an adult and yes you know even then that process doesn't always stop does it because what you are when you're 20 by the time you're 40 you probably will have changed and that's all that's all part of being a human being yeah yeah and i think yeah. it's it's a twisting of that and it and the ultimate extreme becomes this idea that you're not what you've been born as that you're something else and you're yeah. trapped in this body. Um, and I think it's just really, really sad and it's terribly, terribly damaging. They're, I I believe they're being told a lie that they can change their gender. It leads down a physically, mentally and spiritually damaging path. And I think that is where the abuse of children takes place. I think that's an abusive thing to tell them that they can change their gender. That is where the safeguarding risk is. 
Well, and that well, yeah, is what's yeah. going to inflict genuine harm on children. Yes, yeah. I, I mean, you, you, I think you could you could reasonably argue that if there ever was a safeguarding issue, to use the world's way of dealing with things, and that's again another subject for another time. Um, you know, what's been taught in our schools to eleven and twelve year olds is arguably a, a massive safeguarding issue. Um. <laughs> And yet it goes sadly, sadly, you know, unrecognised as such. But yes, I think I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you, Helen. And and the tragic thing is, is that you, you think about young people who, you know, I'm sure we'll both both know young people in this situation who might be thinking, well, I can identify as a as as you know, a girl identifying as a boy or a boy identifying as a girl or or calling them they themselves they or them that kind of thing and. There, there is, there is always a a a deep pain behind that. These aren't young people who um, we might refer to as maybe I don't know how to say this in a way that's not going to upset somebody, but but you know we we would often refer to you know maybe uh, somebody is all being well adjusted and and mm-hmm. normal whatever that might mean you know mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing you wouldn't apply those labels in this case no they they the, these these the young young people who have who have been fed this lie and then bought into it it's like it's seeing a tragedy unfold yeah these and aren't it's deeply sad it's very very sad these aren't children I mean, in my youngest child's case, um, so the age of 12, these aren't 12-year-olds that are out kicking a football whenever they can, you know, the sort of traditional image of, um, uh, you know, carefree play as a child. These are children with with some really quite deep issues and I was talking to a friend, quite a young friend who's a teacher, who said, who's not a Christian, but who said, without exception, every one of these children that I encounter in my school, there's something else going on. There's some social problems with their, you know, they're managing socially. There's mm. some problems at home. Mm. There's some some mental health problems. There's some deep awkwardness in their um in their behavior or their managing themselves and and who they are and how they interact with others so he's seen that and he was able to articulate that and he's not a christian yeah yeah but but that to me is makes it even even worse where you've got children who've damaged in some way or hurting in some way or vulnerable in some way and they're being affirmed in that yes pain and in yes. that damaging place yes and where that's going to lead is going to cause even more harm instead of what what I would like to see happen is is that children are helped and in a gentle way to understand that their gender can't be changed, but to learn to accept and appreciate what they have been born with and the great array of possibilities for life within their gender. Exactly. 
Because if you think of, you know, half the population are female, and if you think of all of the females that you know and all of the different things they do, all the different ways they look, all the different activities that they're involved in, there's just a vast array. And likewise for males. So it's not a straitjacket. No. Being being a female is not a straitjacket. There's all sorts of possibilities. Yes. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, and we've, I think, it's this it, it, it kind of, it's this whole inversion thing, isn't it? Even words like compassion, we've inverted that. We, You know, you'll often hear about um, proponents of like trans ideology, for example, talking about, well, they've been the ones that are compassionate when they're doing, they're doing the opposite of that. It's not compassionate to tell somebody a lie. It's not compassionate to enable somebody to embark on a path that ends in destruction. That's not compassionate. That's evil. And and I think as as part of this whole um, conversation, if you like, the church needs to be to reclaim the truth, and the church needs to reclaim boldness and reclaim compassion and reclaim what it means to love somebody and not be ashamed about that. And and I think this is where Joshua Sutcliffe has has shown what it means to do that in his context. Now, you know, Helen, you and I were not I, I I've not spoken to Joshua Sutcliffe. I don't know him personally. I'm only going by what I've read and, and listened to and observed. I'm not saying for a minute that he has done everything right because that would be ridiculous. None of us have. But clearly he is prepared to stand for truth at great cost. And when somebody does that, we should pay attention to them because we don't we miss that at our peril, I think, as a church. And we can learn from this and we can think, okay, well, what does this look like for us? And how do we how do we actually apply this? And and yeah, it, it, it it's so important, isn't it? I mean, one of the other things, just mentioned very briefly again, and I think this this whole the whole trans movement, trans ideology, and include LGBT plus or whatever you call it, the whole thing, and that there is linked with this a. There's a lack of masculine input. There's a lack of masculinity. There's a lack of manhood in this. And um, this is where the road ends. This is where it leads to. If you want to, you know, get rid of male role models and the, and the complementarian nature of male and female, this is what you end up with. What do you think, Alan? Yeah. I think I think you're right. Um, I think that was one of the criticisms that was made of Joshua Sutcliffe, wasn't it? That, um, and I'm sure it was when he was teaching in a, a male in a boys' school, um, where where was it? Where he'd shown, or, or they said that he'd shown, or he'd talked about um, something about masculinity. If yeah, you that's that right. In. Yeah, that. he, he, what did yeah, he say? He, he talked about. Um... Oh, I don't want to misquote him here, but yeah, it was it was about mask the the need for um, 
being, you know, the importance of masculinity and, and uh, in terms of things like taking responsibility, for example, that was definitely one of the things that that he drew out. But um, it seems that the only, ex- well, one can be forgiven for thinking that the only acceptable um the only acceptable time to mention masculinity at school is when you put the word toxic before it. Um, and, and that shouldn't be the case. That shouldn't be the case. But, but yeah, I think that was definitely, that was definitely one of the things that he was, he was accused of, wasn't it? Um, and uh, yeah, I think this, the, the, the TRA panel, um, in some instances, if you read their report, they admitted they're operating on 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 hearsay evidence uh, for some situations, and and obviously they're relying on on um, the testimony of of um, some pupils, pupil A and pupil B. How how genuine, how reliable that is, I I can't comment, but um, it seems a rather sketchy way to um, take down somebody who is invested in this and is clearly good at their job on the admission of the TRA is a good teacher. Um, but yeah, you do, you do wonder what, what is going on there behind the scenes. Um, there was, yeah, I mean, there, there is in my understanding and there is no legal requirement to use preferred pronouns either. It's my understanding of that. Is that, does that tally with you, Helen? Um, that's, that, that is my understanding, but obviously, I suppose the TRA go on their guidance. So if you, um, they're not saying that he's broken any law, but I, I suppose what they're saying is that he's not uh, lived up to their expectation of what that should how, be. How a teacher should behave yeah. in school. I, in, interestingly, I do have some experience of the TRA. Okay. Do um, show. Through someone I know, a situation where multiple complaints were made against a senior teacher. And I think in this example, the complaints numbered uh, well over 10. So uh, complaints from parents, um, children, examples of multiple children being bullied in different ways and also other examples of um doing things that that most people would regard as uh not the way to behave as a teacher especially a senior teacher the TRA wouldn't even investigate wouldn't really? even investigate it right and in this instance it was also a church school and the diocese despite initially uh saying they would take it seriously um also nothing was done right so you mm. know whereas in this case the tra have come down like a ton of bricks on they a have, teacher with very sketchy evidence and i can think of a lot worse things that a teacher could do than misgendering in yes. the way that has been described. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's interesting. He's a maths teacher. Are they are they are they going to get him for being binary about maths, about a right answer and a wrong answer to a question, or are they, yeah. they what, are they wanting to now be fluid about maths um, without you know erring into degree or A level territory? 
But there we go. Look, let, let's just—I just want to read this statement. We'll link—we'll link to the TRA Teaching Regulation Authority statement in the podcast notes, so you can have a look through it yourself if you want to. Um, but um, one of the things is they say this. So let me just read this to you. It's not very long. It says the panel was mindful of Mr. Sutcliffe's strong and sincere religious beliefs rooted in his deep faith, which led him to have a personal conviction against using preferred pronouns. Mr. Sutcliffe has a right to hold this belief. It is the manner in which Mr. Sutcliffe chose to manifest this belief to which objection could justifiably be taken if he failed to have regard to people A's dignity, to treat him with respect, I think it was a her actually, or to safeguard pupils A's well-being. This is this is this is where it's at in our society. And to translate this into very straightforward terms, what they're saying is this: you can have a faith. But you know what, mate? It needs to be private and your faith needs to be in your head and your faith doesn't need to be worked out in any way, shape or form. Because if you do, we'll come down on you like a ton of bricks. And this is what this this has been going on for a long, long time now in this country and many other countries in the West as well, I think. But this is this is this is this is how it looks when the rubber hits the road. And it's very weasley worded. You know, they're mindful of his strong and sincere beliefs. Right, okay, so you're mindful of his strong and sincere beliefs. So you're acknowledging that this man has strong and sincere beliefs, but at the same time, you are putting onto him your beliefs that he shouldn't live out his beliefs. And you think your beliefs trump his, because that's what they're saying. Whereas what they should be doing is saying, what's true? What's right? What's moral? And they say, oh, well, we are doing that because we're looking at people's A, you know, situation. Well, no, that's dodging the issue, actually, um, because you can't take somebody who's clearly in um, a pretty bad personal situation. You can't hold them up as a as a reason why we need to do something a certain way because their situation is already tragically broken. And it's broken because of the ideology that the TRA support. Yeah. I think there's also, there's two things come to mind here. One is that, um, I mean, I know in our school, they're constantly talking about resilience. It's oh, really yes. important to build resilience so that so that students can come out from school and go on into adult life as resilient. Well, if they can't cope with you know, a teacher accidentally saying, oh, well done, girls. <laughs> that, yes. Well, that's not very yes. resilient, is it? No. Um, how, how are you going to cope in a big, bad, scary, scary world in the workplace? Yeah. If indeed there is work by the time they get to that point. Yeah. And then the the other thing is that this isn't, I think the the TRA, this isn't about children and their welfare. No. It's about ticking boxes. It's about woke ideology. It's about having friends in high places or yes. not. Because yes. the example I was giving was of someone who did have friends in high places. And I suspect that Joshua Sutcliffe does not have friends in high places. Hmm. Um, it, it leaves teachers with no security and they're treading on eggshells. Often mm-hmm. they must be mm-hmm. going going against their conscience petrified of complaints for the slightest thing peddling lies and propaganda and ultimately in fear of the children that they're supposed to be teaching yeah and children pick up on that 
and my children see that, that they know where the power lies now. Yes. So children know they can get a teacher into big trouble. And these children know that if they say I'm non-binary and I insist that you call me they or them or, or, or whatever it is, they know that they hold the power. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that, that, the groundwork for that has been laid a long time ago. Um, hasn't it? And you're, 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 ap- you're absolutely, absolutely right. And, and I think, look, this is, this is a tough subject and, and it is like we've said before, it is a hard job. It's a hard job being a teacher anyway. If, if you stripped all this stuff out, and you just said, right, I want you to teach teach a group of, of um, you know, 14-year-olds how to do something in a room. That's a tough gig, okay? But if once you start adding this stuff in, the tough gig becomes almost impossible to do it effectively and really well. Um, and there are no there are no easy answers to this in the sense of the easy answer being a pain-free answer. There's straightforward answers to this, which is stand for truth. Don't be cowed by tyranny. Don't subject yourself or your class to ideologies which are evil. That's straightforward. Working those out, there is a cost. And um, I think I think this is where, again, in churches, we we need to be working, thinking through. Well, how do how do we support teachers? It's no good just having this nice thing where we oh we give teachers a clap for being great and everything. You know, those days are gone. Those days are gone where teaching was like that. Now it's like, how do we support our teachers who want to stand for truth in a hostile environment? How do we support them? How do we equip them? How do we stand by them? How do we encourage parents to stand up and say, no, this isn't right? So that teachers who do want to stand for truth maybe have a fighting chance to do that. Um, there is definitely opportunities to be to be doing something here. But also, I mean, yeah, I mean, just touch on this very briefly because we've got to move on. But in the PhDC lessons, they also interestingly talk about challenging extremism. Well, who gets to decide what's ex- what ex- what's extreme? Because personally, I would say that what's been taught in PhSE lessons at the moment is extreme. But that's my that's my view. I'm sure that's your view as well, Helen. Um, but who gets to decide that? Um, I think, yeah, I, I think there is that that insidious thing that is woven into the curriculum which is you've got to go with the consensus you 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 can't challenge the status quo if you stand up and say actually i disagree with this you are a marked boy or a girl and and that i can say that with first-hand experience that's how it works um so yeah um i think to conclude with then do pray for jonathan uh, not jonathan Sutcliffe, joshua Sutcliffe. sorry do pray for him um i understand that he's got a, he's been prohibited from teaching for for at least two years um is that is that how you've read it helen uh, i think that's right isn't it with a well i think he of, can he can um or you can challenge it after two years it or something yeah is that right so. yeah um do do be praying do be praying for him because what this is hard. This is hard. This is this is where this is where we have we're faced at the coalface 
of reality here of stand what it means to actually stand up for what you believe in and um, when we do that there is a cost and sometimes to that cost there are no easy answers so yeah let's be praying for him and his family be, and be praying for one another and do you want to add anything else on that one, Helen? Because there's so much here we could talk about, but we'd be here all afternoon if we did. Yeah. No, just, well, just that it's such a shame, particularly as he's a male teacher teaching maths. That's, you know, yeah. the subject where they haven't got enough teachers and they certainly haven't got enough male teachers. No. And, you know, on the assumption that he was a good maths teacher, what a shame. Yes. You know, this country was spending a fortune training, trying to persuade young people to go into teaching and here we've got one who is going to be put on the shelf because of misgendering it's very yeah. sad yeah we, we we'd said you'd lose your job for misgendering probably 10 years ago be like you wouldn't even know what earth? that meant what on <laughs> earth is that what yeah is that is that it sounds like some is that some kind of yeah like move you did or something i mean what is that yeah but anyway okay Let's move on. Do you want to do the next bit? Yes. Well, changing the subject completely. Um, yeah, change attack. Yeah. Just just briefly, an update really on the issue we've talked about before on excess deaths. Mm. This continues to be an issue across many Western countries, including our own. Um, a few weeks ago, we were, I think it was at about 20% higher than would be expected for that particular week normally. Um, 20%? This is, yeah, this is huge numbers of people dying. Massive. Right. Um, over and above what would normally be expected. These aren't people, this is not being driven by COVID. And this is not, it, it's not just, not that it should be a just, but it's not just people who are very elderly and frail dying. Mm -hmm. This is yeah. across across age groups there are more people dying than there should be. Yes. Um, one, there, there have been one or two articles on this in the mainstream, um, and one of them was suggesting was, was asking a question: Well, why on earth would this be happening? Can't understand why this could be happening. It's suggesting that people are getting older and fatter. <laughs> well, so <laughs> sudden, suddenly well, they're getting older. Getting, we're all getting older. I mean, you can't argue with that. No. We're definitely Which getting older. I, I'm sure it's an <laughs> issue that has always been the case. Um, but like I said, the, the deaths are not just happening in the oldest age groups like they were, incidentally, for COVID. Um, oh. and, and yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I can... I, I don't know of one person personally, and I, and in in the network of people I have, I I know know of quite a large number of people, and I don't know anyone who's died of COVID, but I do know people. I do know of people who have died, uh, who you wouldn't expect to, and I know of multiple cases where people have got suddenly highly unusual for them health issues, often to do with the heart or something related to that. Now, I'm not not saying that oh, this is definitely uh the the COVID jab, but neither would I say that it's not the COVID jab. And that's the point, isn't it, Helen? Yeah. That's that's exactly the point. So why is this not being investigated urgently? 
why are the media not interested and why are they not pushing for this to be investigated urgently? The numbers we're talking about could be quoted daily in the news like they were for numbers dying in inverted commas with COVID. Because remember, when we were told about (laughs) these people dying, it wasn't of COVID, it was with COVID. It was it was it was of a of being run over by a bus with a with a, a side of COVID, COVID wasn't it? Yes. Mm. So striking fear into the population. If that was being done now, people might wake up to it. But it's it's like it's as if it's not useful this time. It's it's almost like some deaths are serious and others are not. Some yeah. are worth our concern and sympathy, and others are not. Yeah. So these deaths, these are not not important. But we're talking about huge numbers and across many Western nations. So Canada, America, Australia, um, European countries. Yes. So why is it not being investigated? Why are all these countries not investigating? Why are they not asking the question, what has suddenly changed? What is it we've done? What could it be in these countries why we're seeing all these excess deaths, but we're not seeing them in other countries. There is there is a potential obvious answer, which many of us know. Um, but yes, it should be investigated. And this this is what we've said a number of times now. This is why Andrew Bridgen is right. It should be this should be talked about. And yeah. and when they talk about doing a a COVID inquiry, when the government talk about doing a COVID inquiry, when they use the word independent, it's like you just kind of splutter over your cornflakes when you hear those those words in that order in the same sentence. It's ridiculous, and it, it won't be independent, and it and it won't do anything. It'll just be a whitewash, as 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 most government inquiries are. But well, it'll yeah. also take a very long time. It won't will, it? Yeah, it will also take a very another long time. two years yeah. at least. But but the, the, but this this is an ongoing, sadly, an ongoing um, situation. And you know, we've talked about this stuff quite a lot over the last well, almost two years now, haven't we, Helen? And and you know, we know we've we know that things like you know the masks were complete rubbish. You know, the social distancing was ridiculous. The isolation was ridiculous. All these, all, you know, the the whole lot was just a charade of stupidity. And I think what we'll see is the jabs very much fall into the same category, but that's far worse because that's intentional. Um, but we need, you know, to have that, to ask those questions is, is legitimate and fair. And, and if it isn't that, if it's not the jabs causing it, we'll find out what is because something yeah, is. Exactly. Find out what is. So if, if it's not them, eliminate that as an exactly. issue, but there's no getting around that. A, a new technology, an experimental technology, was inflicted on vast numbers of people, particularly in Western countries. Yeah, of which we both know people personally, or of people who personal links who either died, yeah, or got significant health issues since yeah. having the jab. So it might not be the jab, but if it is. We need to know, and if it isn't, we also need to know. So it's, it's not it's not difficult, really, is it, to <laughs> come up with the come up with what the right thing to do is? But yes, mm-hmm. so there we are. It's um, and I think as also just just go to say, I mean, again, we talked about this a lot on the Alabadger podcast, but this is about 
I, I think we'd encourage you as listeners to to consider the news very, very carefully because you know what what you'll see often is is a, is a narrative being presented, a certain story being presented as the main news when often it's it's nothing of the sort. And the real issues are often the ones that don't go reported. Uh, like this, for example, and there are others as well. Um, and uh, yeah, we could spend a long time talking about them. But yeah, we just encourage you to be having your eyes open, hold things lightly. We don't be consumed by them. We we focus on Jesus Christ. That's so important. But yeah, well, shall we finish? Shall we finish on a real high? Because we've um, we, we've talked about some heavy stuff in this this podcast. And uh, do you want to? Yeah finish on a high Helen we'd do that yeah well um for those who've not listened I'd really encourage you to listen to our um previous podcast when we interviewed Nick Franks um it was really good to chat with him it was. so have yeah. a listen to the podcast um he's someone who's not afraid to speak up um and is seeking hard after the narrow path. Um, we talked about um, the need for the church to become radical again, and it was really, it was really challenging. It was really good to chat to him, wasn't it? It was. It was really good, and and it is it, it is it's encouraging to chat with somebody like you say, Helen, who is who is willing to speak up and, and who has paid a price for that. Um, but but in doing that, you you see actually, yeah, that there is. This is this is where the gold is. This is where the treasure is. This is this is you know encourages us to press on into into the reality that God calls us to in the Lord Jesus Christ and what that means. And yeah, he's got he's got um he's got a new book out called The Glorious Few. We'll link that again in this podcast to make it as easy as possible for you to find it. And highly recommend you get a copy. And because uh, I think the message he's got is so important for the church, isn't it, Helen? Yeah, yes, it is. And I, I did say in, in that interview, I said that I've been reading the book because it's very new. It hasn't been out long, but that um, I haven't finished it yet. And I still haven't finished it because it it's a challenging read. And I'm reading it quite slowly because there's a lot to take in and mm. there's a lot to think about. And that's a, that's a good thing. Um, but I just thought I'd um, read a little passage um from the chapter that I've just finished, because I think it's really relevant to what we've been talking about today. Oh, um, so Nick is talking about what's happening in Great Britain as a whole at the moment. And he says, teachers losing their jobs because they are unwilling to jump through the hoops of the wokerati, parents being sidelined by the state as an irrelevance when it comes to their child's education or their sexuality and gender. Suffice to say, it is impossible to be faithful as a disciple of Jesus Christ and not be despised by the world and the evil authorities that police it. It never was. If we are not preparing for this despising, arresting, discrimination and imprisonment now, with others of the same heart and mind, we will continue to be like kites dancing in hurricanes. We must dance and we must also brace. Thus, together, we must pray that we will not shrink back from what is required to be faithful to Jesus Christ in these extremely dark days. Wow. Cool. That's amazing. That is so relevant to what we've been talking about. That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, nice one. Yeah. 
as it says in Hebrews, we're not we're not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who keep keep holding on to the truth and to the Lord Jesus Christ and encouraging one another to do that. I think you've got scripture to finish with, haven't you? Which is always a good thing. Yeah. Yes. So finishing with um a couple of verses from Romans chapter 13. It's verse verse 11 to 12. And do this understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armour of light. Amen. Amen. So we, we can pray that for one another um, and do be praying that for Christian teachers that you know particularly um this is this is this is all about not only trying to get our our heads around what's happening in the world and and like we'd say so often trying to you know a, applying a biblical view a world view to this the correct view um but it's also about encouraging one another and spurring one another on so we really hope you found this uh, podcast helpful and encouraging we want it to be challenging as well um do share it with those you think it will do likewise to uh do feel free to just pass it on to whoever you think it would uh, benefit and encourage uh, you can find all the information you need on our link tree you can support the podcast as well um that's always hugely valued because uh, we do have to invest a little bit of finance to make make this possible, but that's always valuable. And pray for us as well. I mean, I think we'd probably not mentioned this before, but value your prayer that we we um we we have a narrow path to tread with this, and we're not you know we we don't claim to get everything right, and uh, we've got to be careful what we say, but also we've got to be bold. So do do pray for us in that. We need we need wisdom um and yeah in the link the link tree links you'll also find links to helen's Substack, which is fantastic so do have a look at that and again share that with people you know who would appreciate it anything else to add helen no i think that's all i think that's all awesome i'm gonna go and sit in the sun now and have a cup of tea that sounds nice okay well have a nice time sitting in the sun's cup of tea and mm. we'll see you guys in the next one yep bye